llama shorts for those moments when you are stretched on time. Yeah, that that is. I, you know, thank you for this conversation because I, I don't, you don't know because I never told you. Maybe mm -hmm. we did talk. I had to go back and talk to my daughter because hmm. I'm your mom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it like, like she said it, but I was like, how can I help you get that 92 <laughs> up there with the rest of your grades? Mm -hmm. And, and we, and we had that conversation, but this is the question I have. What do you do? How do you help people? I'm not going to say young people, old people, just how do you help people hear the intent mm -hmm. versus hear their trigger? And this mm -hmm. is what I mean. I think your mother was looking out for your best interest. Right. How do you help somebody hear the intent versus the damage? Hmm. Because you kind of live through this process. Yeah. And do you mean as if like if I'm talking to her or as if um, if I'm being her giving that advice? <laughs> either, either one, because yeah. and this is why I'm asking the question yeah. why I'm asking that, Joe, yeah. is that as a father, as a chief, as mm -hmm. a coach, as a friend, sometimes mm -hmm. We intend something to happen yeah. and we say something mm. and we're hurting the people that we love the most. Right. Yeah. How do we help people understand that process? Both sides. So for me, I think it's important to even verbalize that intent. You know what I mean? To just be open about what the intent is. Now, uh, my mother and I, we had a language barrier. I came to the States really early and I tried to assimilate as quick as possible because I was in a community that did not have people that looked like me. So um, was bullied quite a bit, a lot of fights, even in kindergarten, you know, as early as kindergarten. So I tried to assimilate as quick as possible and I dumped my language so that I could try to be like what I'm around. Um, my mother was the opposite. She uh, just barely spoke any English. To this day, she struggles to really speak English. She just stayed in the community where she was always at. So we always had like a little bit of a language barrier. So I think communication was definitely an issue uh, for us. And it did lead to some resentment as I grew up. And it took a lot of maturity for me to understand, no, she did have the best intentions. Maybe your execution wasn't the best, you know, and, 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 you know, she's from a whole different generation where they were very poor and it's like, just go do that, you know, go do that, you know, like, <laughs> you know, suck it up, you know, get the crayons out and start coloring, you know? So I understood that, but it took a long time for me to understand it does a lot of resentment for me and i think so uh, one piece of it is patience i think that people learn lessons and see the good things uh, later on but i think verbalizing that intent is really important so if i have i have subordinates that i'm like hey do you think that you're living up to your maximum potential because i i see more in you you know and I, I don't see that you're living up to that and i'm wondering what's keeping you from there i think how you do it and then building that relationship way ahead of time not building that bridge right when you're about to cross it and start fixing right. everything telling them everything that's wrong you know so a lot of it has to do with patience communication and just getting to know people at that level and i think um for me my mom treated me the way she was treated you know she was a product of her experiences so uh, it's just a known thing in that in our community growing up is like, you better score hundreds. You know, I want to put that thing on my on my refrigerator so that the rest of the parents know that <laughs> that my kids wow. scored hundreds, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things that comes with um, my community. I remember my aunt when I made senior master, she was like, oh, I want you to wear a uniform so I could walk you around through the base to see my friends. I'm like, OK, <laughs> you know, so it's something that, you know, I could feel resentful towards, but I could also like they're proud. You know, they're proud. So um, yeah. it, it's how I focus those things. But I said, I think a lot of patience and communication, and I really think there's nothing wrong with articulating that intent. I, I really have your best interest in mind. It's not just yeah. mine, you know? 
I think that communication is one of the most powerful things. I've had the the awesome pleasure of working with Erica, Mm -hmm. listening to her stories and how she articulates her Mm -hmm. feelings, not just the words, but you get the feeling behind it. Um, And so communication is hugely important. What did that, what did that teach you though? Mm -hmm. I mean, 97%, what did it really teach? It's easy to say, well, I don't do that to people, but what did you get out of that? I think that it really taught me, a, cu- a couple of things, but one of them is like, what's really important because it doesn't matter. I scored 97% on something back then. Now you can say that, you know, that they gave me drive, but I think focusing on what's the most important, a number or, or vanity stats or whatever that it, it doesn't really matter. Like what I carried away from that more, not was what all of my A's or my report cards that looked really good. It was, I remember that my, the negative more than the mm-hmm. positive things of that, you know? And I think that has more to do with the relationship my mother and I had. Like I said, don't build that bridge right before you need to get over. Don't you don't need to show up only to make corrections <laughs> when it comes to your peers, your loved ones, and all those people. Like you got to build that relationship ahead of time. So I think that's really important. So building relationships and really doing that deep work to figure out what's the most important thing right now when you're willing to have these conversations. And does conversation A and conversation B have to happen at the same time? Maybe conversation A is, hey, I'm really proud of you that you scored that A. And then maybe let them enjoy that for a little bit. And then later on, conversation B is like, hey, how do you think we could take it to the next level? You know, like I, I think those are those are important to be able to divide those instead of giving everybody the criticism right up front. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I really enjoy about learning, even the hard lessons, mm-hmm. is when you, you go through it and you learn and then you could do something different about it. Because one of the things that you said when you went to the AFRC, you, you talked about you didn't like to fail before then. You didn't do things to fail. And then you started seeing the failures. What does failure mean to you now? What Now that you've made this transformation into the cool guy you are now. <laughs> uh, cool guy is loosely used, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, going through that experience, and I remember my uh, my mentor told me she wasn't sure if she thought four years was a good time to be in a special duty. It's too long, you know. She was saying three years max, you know, but four years is too long. But th- at that time, that job was a four year tour, and I think four years was perfect for me because it let me dive into things and understand and, and go through many certifications and a lot of lessons on resilience, both personally as well as actually formal education on it. And um, I, I've kind of created this idea of what I think failure is. I think that failure is something that we should never encourage, but we should encourage people not to be afraid to fail, right? Because a lot of times you hear people say, hey, it's like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I think that's correct, but don't encourage people to make mistakes. That's nothing that we should be looking to do, right? Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Major General Gronsky, he was like, failure and mistakes don't mean anything if you don't learn from them. So whenever you do have that, you have to go back and do an after action report and be like, what, what did I learn from that? What can I take from that? Because the failure and the mistake in itself doesn't mean anything except that you just failed and made a mistake, right? And negligent mistakes, negligent failures, those, those are just not acceptable. You know, you're just not going to be able to do that. You shouldn't even accept that from yourself. You know, you should learn. So that's, I see them as um, potential learning opportunities, but you have to do the work to be able to learn from them, right? You have to go back. So I think for me, there, there are things I never strive to do, but I'm not afraid to do them anymore. I, I really like that. There, there's so many bumper sticker leaders out there mm-hmm. where they'll pick up, you know, fail massively 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> all this stuff. And then if you're an influencer, Joe, if you got thousand five hundred people following you mm-hmm. and you just say, hey, Lefford, I want you to go out there and fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody's going to take you up on your offer. Mm-hmm. But if you have the proximity and build the connection before you do the correction, you can tell them about don't fear failure because failure is going to help you get to where you're going. Try not to fail, but go through it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because it's feedback that makes a lot more sense. So where, where did you pull all this knowledge from? I mean, cause it took me a while to get to where you are now and I'm 57 now. Where, where did you pull this thought process from to not fail, but it's okay to go for it? Where, where did that come from? You know, I, I think some of it was like a lot of people um, downplay academia. They're like, you know, academics without experiential, you know, just going through stuff. It's not, it doesn't mean as much, right? But I think at some point, my goal was to be an effective leader and teacher. You know, uh, when I found my purpose, I wanted to be an effective leader and teacher. So everything I wanted to do was figure out how to do that. So I, I read a lot of books. I got to talk to amazing people. I attached myself to Erica Kelly's and Lefford Fates <laughs> and I picked their brains. And then, and I put myself in those leadership opportunities because um, we talk about this a lot um, within the Lama leadership team is a lot of people ask, like, how do you become a good leader? And the primary way is go lead. Like you, you don't get better at doing push-ups unless you do push-ups, you could try to do all these other exercises and try to make you do better push-ups, but the best way is just to do the push-ups. So I think it's important that we put ourselves in those situations. So I think for me, it was, I wanted to study a lot and then I wanted to apply it a lot. And then I wanted to get feedback and learn lessons from experienced people ahead of me. And throughout that, it's just made me really think about these things and create my own leadership philosophy and my thoughts on what's right. And I have some, what you would say is maybe like these, um, these non-negotiable perspectives. Those are very few. Everything else is fluid and agile, and I'm constantly learning to expand upon what's, what I already know. You know? So uh, I know it's a roundabout answer, but that's, I guess it all just came through a lot of intentionality and just some of it's probably fate, you know, just being able to get put into those situations. Well, thank you for giving me credit. All yes, right, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Some of it was just left from fate. <laughs> yeah, ha, ha. that's, that's cool. Well, well, hey, thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm bogarting the whole process. I want to pass the mic back over to Erica, but there's just, I got to pay every time I talk to you, brother, I paid your notes just in a conversation <laughs> with you. Oh, I feel the same every time I talk to you. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> um, I um, I was listening to the two of you talk about the mistakes and failures. And um, Joe, you're still serving. Mm-hmm. And um, there are areas in the military or there are some individuals in the military that don't have the philosophy that you just talked about, mm-hmm. which is I'm not I'm not saying, you know, go make a mistake because you you can, you know, we all can uh, do your best. And if it ends up being a mistake, then um, let's work it out together. Let's look at the lesson and move forward. But the reality, Joe, is that some people in a leadership role doesn't sometimes think that way. And they still think of um, there's no room for failure. Mm -hmm. There's only room for that 100%, -hmm. period. If you make a mistake, move aside because now you're less than somebody else. Yeah. And uh, 
So how do you navigate that? How do you navigate not you being the leader and, and sharing your philosophy with the people that you're responsible and obligated to take care of, but how, how do you navigate leaders that are your peers or above you that have a different mindset than you? Yeah, so I think this is, this is a great, just a great discussion, I think, because I talk about this often. We don't talk about this enough, I think, in general, is just effective and adaptable followership, you know, and being able to deal with those different leaders. And I've had bosses that I had a hard time working for, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, their personality or some of them were egomaniacs. And some of them, like what you said, were grinding people into the ground, trying to get perfection. And what I saw when those leaders did that was it was a complete opposite. People were burnt out and they were making more mistakes at this point, you know? So I, I think for me, um, and, and I have, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I have a little bit more, um, uh, more of the ability because of the, the rank I've achieved to be able to have a little bit more of those frank conversations with leaders, but, um, you know, but not always, sometimes you have those conversations and you, and you just try to be rational about it. It's like, you know, when you're, when you're striving for a hundred percent on everything, you're not going to get a hundred percent on anything. You know, it's like having 20 priorities, which ones are going to get done. Um, the only thing that you're going to successfully do is crush your people you know, and make them not want to work for you. So giving that honest feedback and asking the right questions, like, Hey, do you think that this is really a no fail endeavor on this one? Because in my opinion, there's very few of those, even in the military, there's very few that are absolutely zero fail. There's a couple out there for sure. Right. But, but there isn't, there isn't a lot. Most of these are great opportunities and our roles are to grow our people and they're not going to grow if you're not allowing them to have some latitude to make a mistake and fail and then potentially grow from those. Right. So um, I, you know, I would ask those leaders to make sure that they focus on what, what's most important and it's not hundred percent success every single time. It's like, are you growing people to be able to fill your seat? And the negative effects of that are not only long-term, you don't develop those great leaders is that you're going to burn them out right now. And then they're not going to be able to perform to what you want them to be. And eventually if you're a commander, it's going to get you fired. You know, it's going to get you fired. So if you want some of that, you know, pragmatic view is you're probably gonna get fired if you keep going this way, you know, so it, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything in there, but I think um, once again, patience comes into play. You can't just dump that on a leader who's very entrenched in their ways. And in my opinion, you got to work it in, you know, put, put some of the medicine into the jello and ice cream and feed it to them every now and then, you know, Yo, um, you reminded me of uh, a book. Uh, I might have the title wrong, but the name of the book is Turning the Ship Around. Mm. Yeah. It's about a Navy captain yeah. that turned mm -hmm. uh, the worst submarine uh, in the Navy to be in the best submarine in the Navy. And uh, in the book, he, he tells how every single person, uh, mostly enlisted, were paralyzed mm -hmm. um, because anything that they did was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it ended up that most of enlisted, it didn't matter what rank, but most enlisted just crossed their arms mm -hmm. and waited for people to tell them what to do. And why were they waiting for people to tell them what to do? Because then they could say, he told me to do it. And it wasn't on them if a mistake was made. And so, like you just said, Joe, it just paralyzed everything because 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that phone call. I'm not going to take risk. I'm not going to open that door unless Joe tells me, unless Lefford tells me, because I need that protection. How paralyzing, yeah? Yeah, it totally just takes away from anybody's ownership over anything that they're doing. And in reality, a leader that leads that way and creates an environment like that, they're just putting so much more work on themselves because they're constantly having to be everywhere to tell them exactly how to do it. And everybody's waiting for you to give the okay to make that next move. And that is just not an effective way to lead. And that's why that shift was so bad, right? Uh, that, that was, I love that story too. I really love loved it because um, there are so many lessons you can take from that. And I think one of the things I took from that story and I, and I hold in my heart now is, hey, if I'm going to get fired, let me get fired for what I think is right. For more on this discussion, be sure to check out the entire episode. Be safe, stay healthy, keep growing. Llamas out.